In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move. This show will attempt to find the good, the bad, and the weird, and convey them in a seriously irreverent way. Get ready, adventurer, and as always, we apologize for the inconvenience. Hi, I'm Steven. I'm Aaron. And I'm John. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your newest summer episode of The Wafty Show. And uh, one of Stop our... Stop playing Pokemon <laughs> while you're here. I'm going to Pokestop. So I'm going to be playing Pokemon during the entire episode while we're talking to uh, one of our favorite, uh, two of our favorite audience members. If you guys would go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uber fans. I'm Ariel Akers. And I'm T.S. Akers. And I'm always out of Pokeballs, so I will not be playing Pokemon Go. You're, you're at a Pokestop. I understand. Yeah, I, I need to go. I need to check in. Yeah. You can just sit here the whole time and just reload. My bag is actually full right now, so it really doesn't do me any good to sit there and keep going. But. That feels like a really good thing to say. My bag is full. Like my bag is full of balls. That's kind of a that's kind of a really positive expression. Like, so how's how's everything in your world going right now, man? My bag is full. Like, everything's great. <laughs> I go to the post office about daily, so that's when I, that's when I check in with Pokey Which shop. post office? Uh, Hefner and what is that? What, what, what Rockwell? Yeah, yeah, that okay. sounds about right. So yeah, usually those are those yeah. are. Do we get all the introduction? Do we get your introduction yet? Yes. Okay. Good. And I was distracted. No, it's okay. Pokemon. I went first. <laughs> T.S. and Ariel are, uh, I don't know, like they're to me. They're, they're local celebrities. We like to call ourselves philanthropists. Philanthropists. Philanth- oh, yeah. Better. So, oh so you're going to say philanderer. <laughs> <laughs> there, might be a, there might be a bit of that, too. But, uh, Philanthropist. <laughs> there's a, so there's this art forger by the name of Mark Landis. And Mark Landis, uh, he never went to, to prison or anything for making art forgeries because he always donated his pieces to museums. He didn't Pat- even mail them, so they yeah. couldn't even get them on mail fraud. It wasn't mail fraud, fraud or Whoa, anything. He passed them off as originals. And uh, and he even donated a piece here to the Oklahoma City Museum of Art, which is kind of how he got caught. But there's this documentary on him, and he's he's driving in this red Cadillac. I think it was his father's or his mother's Cadillac. Yes. And they're interviewing him. He says, well, I just woke up one day and decided that I wanted to be a philanthropist. So, <laughs> so we've been running with that ever since. And yeah. like, that's me. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah. So, so as long as he doesn't start forging art, we're good. <laughs> no artistic talents. <laughs> That's kind of. Have you seen that movie Big Eyes, that Tim Burton movie? Yes, yes. It's got Christoph Waltz in it, who does yes. an amazing job. I love Christoph Waltz. Yeah, I guess he, he's not necessarily a, um, I guess a fraud. His wife actually painted the paintings. But he, he but was he passing them everything off, off as his yeah, own. Yeah, as his own. Um, so yeah, maybe he maybe he was a philanthropist as well. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> So, uh, Aaron, we'll start with you. you. You work for? I work for Comp Risk Management, which is a managing general agency. So we're kind of like a brokerage. We sell workers' comp insurance mm-hmm. to other agents who then sell it to insureds. Sounds kind of boring, but it's actually my favorite thing in the whole world. I love it. Wow. Yes. Selling insurance? I know. Selling insurance to agents. Yes. That's part of it. There's a distinction there. There is a distinction. There is a distinction. But it's uh, it's an Oklahoma-based company. We work with the independent insurance agents of Oklahoma. 
um, and we work with local independent agents. And so we get to see a lot of the businesses that start or already here in Oklahoma City and, and around the state. And so I get to see some really neat things that places I like to go eat or places I like to go see. Right. And so I get to see those come in and that's kind of neat and exciting. And Yeah, she'll message me, you know, about once a day. Hey, we need to go try out this restaurant. We need to check this place or out. This place is opening or she'll get finally. really upset when I say, hey, there's a new, I saw a new restaurant opening on Facebook. She's like, well, we didn't get their application for Workman's Comp. <laughs> <laughs> They're I mean, not properly insured. Let's go I shake mean, them down. Who's their agent and why haven't I not you heard about You know, they're not carrying coverage right <laughs> what it sounds like what it actually sounds like to me is we need to take a play out of the lost ogle playbook and formally have you be one of our first moles oh yeah <laughs> yes because we're all about knowing what's going on what's opening. and there's so much going on that we you know we don't catch everything we yeah, just hit so the highlights we need, so we need, we need to start an underground network of people need, who yeah. can feed us information <laughs> Well, we'll have oh to well, see hey, about you, that. you didn't hear any of that. <laughs> Guess I won't be letting my boss listen to this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't let don't let anybody that uh, you know might be involved in your everyday life listen to the show because then that would, yeah. they might get hooked. <laughs> Actually, we would like that. <laughs> but you also have an involvement with the Oklahoma City Museum of Art, right? Yes, I am the secretary treasurer of the Moderns Board. It's an affiliated board with the Oklahoma City Museum of Art. That just started this last year. Before that, we were a steering committee. So it's a young professionals group. We work on doing special programming and helping with, um, you know, kind of getting to know each other and, and developing that relationship with young professionals in the city with the museum. Now, earlier you had mentioned Thanks. something about the, they have the Matisse exhibit there. Yes, right now, so right? we just finished up a really good um, uh, event and it was July. a behind the scenes tour. It was mm -hmm. it was a it was of a the Matisse private nice. curated tour. Oh, and, is that what it was? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, that's the great thing about membership in uh, in the Moderns is is that they have a lot of events like that. Uh, one of my favorite uh, events they had was a behind the scenes tour of the Gods and Heroes exhibit. Oh, that was good. And uh, they took us back into like the loading dock where you could see where all the art came in and how they stored oh, everything wow. and, and before it went out into the gallery. And talked whatnot, about the so. insurance. <laughs> yeah. Talked about the insurance. Yeah. You know, the thing I seem to love so much. Yeah. And what I, you know, what That's was interesting awesome. is about those those big ex exhibitions like that is is you know they don't have a scheduled arrival, so they they have an idea as the day that things are going to. Is that arrive. right? They just it's kind of like, well, well, this is all because they don't want people to know when things are coming oh. in. Security, oh, yeah. security. You don't want to be, you don't okay. want somebody hijacking yeah. the truck full yeah. of teeth. It's all unmarked <laughs> trucks and all that business. So they yeah they have an idea of the day it's going to come in, and then it's like they get a call that day, like you know we'll be arriving at such and such time tonight and it might be like two in well, the morning and everyone's got to be there to oh my god a couple ex exhibits so they they had they did know because i don't remember if it was faberge or matisse but they shut down the museum for like a half a day when they brought that in yeah. like they shut it down nobody was coming in they blocked off the street <laughs> it was kind of so that was just interesting they're like don't come to the museum we won't be open <laughs> so kind of like Crime caper story evolving out of this. Well, I so think we this is actually the scoop. plot of Ocean's Thirteen. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they were trying to steal a Fabergé egg, and they were tracking the trucks. And it turns out that the the egg was actually being transported by some dude with a backpack on a train. Like he was just like, so like some kind of nondescript dude, yeah. some like yeah. Thomas Crown affair yeah, exactly. sort of thing. But I mean, that, but that protects the art though, and it yeah. keeps things from getting damaged and. So how long, so it's, it's the name of the group again is the Young Moderns. 
just the moderns. Just the moderns. Okay. And can anybody join it or is there, what are the restrictions on it? Under 45. Under 45. <laughs> but they'll let I anyone. They'll make it. let no, anyone. That being said, cool. If you walk in and say you want to be a member of the moderns, we're not going to turn you away. Right. But, but typically that's the idea. I mean, it is, it's catered to a young professional group. Um, okay. But yeah, anybody can join. Um, they, you have to have a basic membership of the museum and then you add the moderns on top of that. So it is Which is an like additional an additional fee. 50 a year, right? Is well, that right? Well, it depends or? on if you get a single or a double. Okay. Membership. So. And it's, we've been around for two years now. Is, is that right? I think. Three. Okay. And membership to the museum, just a regular membership, that gets you access to, like, how does that work with the movie theater and the cocktails on the skyline? Does it give any extra stuff with that? Films are extra. Film, mm -hmm. you get discounted tickets to films, um, but uh, cocktails on the skyline is included. You know, it's just, that's just a regular admission. So if, if you're a member of the museum, you can visit the museum anytime you like. So, and that's, you know, I, we see a lot of people there on Thursday evenings that aren't members. And it's like, you know, if you join, if you join you'd save some money. Yeah. So. That was actually one of the first things that I remember going to here in Oklahoma City when I moved back here about 10 years ago when there was still, you know, kind of the, the rebirth of the city starting. Like, that was one of the few, like, really cool things yeah. that, like, you could go out to do. It's like, what are we going to do this? Week? It's like, it's cocktails on the Skyline on Thursday nights. And there would be I mean, all kinds of people there. And that was really our first experience with the museum is we went mm -hmm. to a Cocktails on the Skyline. And then mm -hmm. we have a friend who's a member there. And he invited us to one of the Friends lectures. And yes. we just sort of fell in love with the place from there. So it's funny. Uh, we were having dinner with some people. And they said, you know, it's really hard to break into the Oklahoma City social scene if you don't join the right country club. What? And I'm, I was You're sitting there. You're looking at the wrong yeah, scene, man. Yeah. And I was sitting <laughs> thinking, well, we're not members of a country club, but the museum is sort of like our club. And, you know, we, yeah. and when people come into town, we, we take everybody to the museum. So it's, yeah. it's like our, our central hub. So A lot more social circles in Oklahoma City now than just – the country club. That is, yes. that is a fact. Yeah. That is true too. I mean, it's strange for me to say this, but I've been to the museum a number of times. I've never actually been to the museum. Like, I've only gone there for things like Dead Center mm -hmm. where I'm working or yeah. doing something. Cool. Like, and I've that's never one actually the, just gone and Well, they the museum. have some really neat, they have a really nice, you know, collection that they have on display. Um, and then they have a lot of modern pieces and they have the Chihuly exhibit, mm -hmm. which is actually really neat at least to go through a couple of times. Yeah. Um, Chihuly loves Ariel. <laughs> oh, you met Chihuly? Yeah. Yes. Have you really? Yes, we did. Did you like pop his eye patch? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? We, we took Trayson, uh, Trayson's aunt and uncle when he was in town. They're big Chihuly fans. And okay. so they, they, he drugged they them through him, Fabergé. So. And so I had their book to be signed. And so he was signing it and I was wearing this fun, colorful scarf and it was it very much was patterned after a lot of the glass and stuff that right. he does. And he's like, I really like your scarf. And I was like, thanks. And then he told me later, he's like, I told you I liked your scarf, right? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes, you did. Play off it, Chihuly cheese. <laughs> so I was really excited. That's awesome. God, that's really the Chihuly guy's really clingy. <laughs> I'm afraid he's going to take my scarf. <laughs> but I guess that is one of the things that the museum does best is it's the only permanent Julie exhibits yeah, right? We, uh, we tried to take Josh Rapath and Kurt PR there when they were in town, but the museum was closed. And when Josh saw the, the tall Chihuly sculpture, yeah. he fell in love with it. His mom lives in Santa Fe, and she's a diehard Chihuly fan. And he I said he hadn't seen an installation Seattle like that. Seattle has it. Uh a display of Chihuly. Isn't there some in Dallas too? Okay. There might be. I don't think it's quite as extensive as the one we have uh -huh. here. 
I think the one in Seattle, if I remember correctly, is an outdoor setting. So it's more like an outdoor garden thing where there's glass. Um, See, the museum purchased that exhibit after it was it was a it was a traveling exhibition mm -hmm. that was here, uh, and then the museum okay. purchased that particular. You know, a lot of times you'll so see once you get that thing hanging in the front, it's easier yeah. just to buy now, it. Now leave the, it and the the tower was I I believe the tower was built for the museum. I think it was. Is, is my they understanding may have there? It, but I think yeah. it was built for that. I don't remember if he did. But his wife is from Edmond. His wife, yeah, from Julie's Edmund. wife yeah. is from Edmond. So yeah. So that's part of so he come, they come to town fairly okay. often. So. so when he comes to town, he tells me. Let us know the next time he's in town. We'll get to, <laughs> we'll get to Huli on the show. That's, yeah. that's, that that's awesome. how I met him. <laughs> that would be absolutely awesome. Whoa. Let us borrow your scarf. Yeah, let us borrow your scarf. <laughs> I'll make sure I'll like, bring you just kind of remember this. With it. <laughs> Put it on a stick. Like, you know, that from, come and Look, get it. That's a scarf I like. <laughs> hmm. Maybe you could do like some kind of exchange in Santa Fe with the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum. We'll lend yeah. us some Georgia O'Keeffe for a while. We'll lend you guys some Chihuly for a while. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? They now? actually have a Georgia O'Keeffe down at the museum. There, there is one. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's in the Our City, Our Collection exhibit right yeah. now. So. We should get some more. Not a bad I like, idea. I like Georgia. Not a bad idea. <laughs> that would be awesome. I think that, and that's one of my favorite pieces in the Our City, Our Collection what is it? exhibit. Um, it's obvious, it's a flower, and I couldn't right. tell you. I couldn't, I don't I couldn't tell is. you the name of it or anything. That, the ones that people like to make fun of and refer to them as their big vagina paintings. <laughs> I don't know if it's. I a don't think it looks flower. like that. No, no not no, necessarily. Some of her big flower ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. one of the not infamous flower or, or vagina. Well, you said it's a big flower painting, but I don't even know if it's that big. It's kind of small. Yeah, it's like maybe an eight by ten. almost. Yeah, it's a smaller one. One of my favorite George O'Keeffe's was in one of the big art museums in Chicago. I guess their main art museum. The Art Institute of Chicago? Is that is, that that is the main art museum in Chicago. The one that has the big lions in front of it? Do they? Have, I don't think they have lions in front of the Art Institute of Chicago. Well, this this museum had, New York City this, or something. No, this was in Chicago. It had lions. I know Maybe what you're talking tigers. about. It was kind of on the, the strip of ones on yeah. the waterfront yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But uh, it's, in, it's on the landing of a stairwell. Of course, it's a huge landing. And it's the painting is... 40 feet wide by 20 feet tall. Wow. It's just enormous, and it's just the sky with clouds That's in it. That's a lot of Georgia O'Keeffe. It's a lot of Georgia O'Keeffe. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite museums. I, don't, I go to it every time I'm in Santa Fe. This is in Chicago. That Georgia O'Keeffe painting is. But the Georgia oh. O'Keeffe Museum is in Santa Fe. immediately jumped mid-sentence to refer to. That big Georgia O'Keeffe painting is in Chicago, but the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum is in Santa Fe. I followed it, but that's yeah. true. I'm used to those kind of jumps in conversation. Well, yeah. You can follow that. Good. Anyway, so We're sorry good. about it. Yeah, you know, Ariel does the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's, we were driving down... Our, past a neighborhood near our home one evening and I don't know where we were going but she just says they live over there and I just looked at her and I said who lives over there said, what are you talking they, they about they live over there now what we were talking about them yesterday what are you talking I'm like like what do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about I think this about? is why you all get along so probably well. like, yeah. They just kind of have that weird sort of um, non-linear sort of way of thinking about Non-linear mind reading. There we go. I love it. It works great for radio, too. Also, you have to know how to play charades when you're around me because things, I, I talk with my hands. Words sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, I can't think of the word right now. It doesn't right quite now, work well on, like. on, on radio <laughs> podcasting. So. You, can't, you can't see hands on the radio. I know. So that's pretty hard. How much longer will the Matisse exhibit be around? Uh, I think it leaves in September. 
That sounds about right because I the next remember. exhibition is the um, the illuminations from the St. John's Bible, which will be pretty impressive. Illuminations well. from St. John's, interesting. Yeah, um, I think it's illuminated pages. Is that correct? It's or? Um, they're. Oh man, I've read about it and I've seen some of the advertisements, remember. but I've not really looked at it in detail. So. But hmm. it's not. It's not going to be just the St. John's Bible. There'll be some stuff from the. But Torah. what is the St. John's Bible? It's. Um, that's a that's a great question. Um, I've not. I've, I went to OBU for two years. I've I've never even heard of that. I think it's just one of those you know uh, famous probably masterpieces of of as far as as art goes with with biblical. So it's almost perhaps. it was almost more in terms of being like a work of art than it was necessarily just right. a publication I, of the Bible. I believe so. Yeah, because because you're dealing with the illuminated pages, which are just. They, um, I mean, that's, uh, they're, they're, they're gold leafed and, mm -hmm. and I, I believe, and, and then there's illustrations that are on them. Mm -hmm. pretty impressive. We've seen some illuminations, yeah. but not, I, I mean, if you look at really old Bibles, like medieval Bibles, they're more decorated around the borders and they kind right. of, they paint out scenes of what the Bible story is, uh, because it was all in Latin and most people couldn't mm -hmm. read Latin, but they could read the pictures, which is the same thing with the stained glass that you'd see on really old churches. That was the whole point was to tell a story that most of the congregation wouldn't have understood because they wouldn't be able to read it. But yeah. they could, but when they were being taught it from the pulpit, they could understand it based on what they could see around. Interesting. Them. And that's the exhibit that's going to be coming in next. That'll be yeah. this fall. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to go check that out. I highly recommend it. Um, and since this episode is actually coming out on Monday, <laughs> I guess we just missed the um, Coen Brothers. It's just some Coen Brothers films. That's right. They're having a, uh, like a like a mini festival. Yeah, Big Lebowski there. and Blood Simple, yeah. and I mean that's one of the awesome things about that about that museum is having that theater there. That what theater, that used to be the the Center Theater, right back in the day. Yeah, long that was called that was called the Center Theater. Um, the old movie City theater. Center theater, I think maybe, I don't know. And then of course it got incorporated into the museum mm -hmm. whenever that opened. It's a great art theater. The, the current curator is doing a great job with, with films. We've seen some great films there. Uh, we saw, what was it? Tom Hiddleston and high rise. Yes. There. Oh. That was really good. That was not at all what I was expecting. They've got a film this weekend showing though. called therapy for a vampire, which <laughs> sounds interesting so they like the the last movie i saw there I, I think was the they showed the last of the trilogy for girl with the dragon tattoo the girl who kicked okay. the hornet's nest girl who kicked the, the hornet's movie? nest yeah okay. and not and not the well, i guess there's only been one american version said, they make multiple yeah, yeah uh, sequels what to country is that what is that uh, are they swedish, swedish? Scandinavian? Yeah, somewhere some, up over there somewhere somewhere <laughs> in that yeah. region yeah. it was that it was that original version it was not a, a daniel craig americanized okay. version yeah we we watched those on netflix the the yes. original version so yeah. good. well yeah. i took a nap he watched them. <laughs> <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't get into film quite like i do yeah. <laughs> the art museum was the only place in oklahoma city where you, where you could go see that film it played nowhere That's right. else wow. yeah crazy I, uh, I was talking to one of my friends, and I have a lot of older friends about the art museum. He said, yeah, you know, back in the 60s, we were maybe, and it might have been maybe the 70s or so, we used to rent that out, and we'd show films there, and uh, we wouldn't charge admission, but if you came to the movies, you had to register to vote, and that, that was, that was <laughs> the that's, way we that's, awesome. that's the way we operated admission, was if you came to see the film, you had to register that's to genius. vote. That's genius. So. That is genius. It's kind of a neat idea. Now yeah, I was just really say, impressed. 
you can come see this movie for free, but now you have to vote. Why yeah, can't, yeah, why can't the moderns maybe institute well, yeah, show up, something like show that up with your I voted sticker and get in free? Yeah. This is there true. That's, that's an interesting idea. I'll have to remember that. Yeah. This, yeah. Is very, this is a very important November this, we have coming up. Yeah. We need, we need to be thinking about this. Yeah. Right. We need to start having people think about giving stuff away for free if you show up with an I voted sticker. That's not a bad idea. That's, yeah. that's a good idea, actually. Although some of that could, I think, you can't give people liquor. I think that's illegal. That's there are, still, there are yeah. laws against that. But you just can't give liquor at the polling place. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you I mean, after the fact, it's one thing. That's true because so, you can't prove the motivation. You go back and change your ballot because you got drunk and realized you <laughs> right. made a mistake. If that's as, what as it took as for you to realize you made a said, mistake, vote early and vote often, and those are the rules I live by. Vote early and vote often. Those are good rules to live by. Um. One other thing that you're involved with, TS, is um, the Masons. That is correct. I currently serve, and I gave myself a new title recently because I have that ability. <laughs> I am the Director of Curatorial Affairs at the uh, McAllister Scottish Rite Temple. So I oversee our museum and library. And uh, I went into that role two years ago. And uh, I am the first curator that has overseen that museum in probably 50 years. Really? And, uh yeah, that's that's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Um, so our, our museum is in the state where you have museum collections and you have accumulations of objects. And <laughs> accumulations of objects. That is a good distinction yes, to make. Yes, I was handed an accumulation of objects and said, make something of this. And we've actually, in, in two years, I've really turned things around. We have, uh, you know, people will go to Guthrie, and uh, the Scottish Rite Temple up in Guthrie is much larger than ours in McAllister. I'm a member in Guthrie as well. It's beautiful. They have a great, huge museum downstairs. But what I always say is they've got a large museum, but we have a better collection. Uh, and that's because... People frequently like to film in that one in Guthrie, Guthrie, right? yeah. They do a lot of films in Guthrie. Particularly, there's one long hallway that connects the old legislative hall to the uh, to the Masonic Temple portion. Uh -huh. And um, they'll, they, I know they filmed some sci-fi films there because it's a, it's a great hallway for like chase scenes. Or like, a, like, like some that. classic Kubrick shots exactly, or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they do film a lot in Guthrie. We, we've not had that sort of success in McAllister. <laughs> Most people don't realize that there is a Masonic temple in McAllister. Well, well, how so. frequently do people visit McAllister just on a whim <laughs> that live in Oklahoma? Yeah, you know? th yeah and that's, a, that's a good point. And I've been up there working in the museum. and uh, on a, Unless on your a, dad's in jail there or something. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a lonely afternoon and all of a sudden a tour group will walk through wow. and I'm like, well, this is impressive because there's never anyone here. So, but in our collection, we have a lot of, we have a lot of pieces that belong to early Masonic personalities in Oklahoma. Like, and give us a definition. What is a Mason? So uh, a Freemason is a member of the Masonic fraternity. Some people think Freemasonry is a religion, but it's not. Right. It's a fraternity that um, we, we teach a lot of uh, uh, lessons through through symbology and allegories and whatnot, so. And there's a lot of instances where in popular culture, you'll, you'll see crazy theories about what the Masons yeah, very really much do. So. And very like, you know, very secretive things. And I think maybe even the Masons pop up a little bit in like those damn brown books. They do, they do. Oh. Yeah. And one of my first experiences with the Wafty, with the Wafty <laughs> show was Sir John Michael talking oh, about, <laughs> Sir John Michael talking about ancient Masonic texts. And I'm listening to this and I just love it when people talk about ancient Masonic texts because I'm like, That's yeah, funny. I mean, you can really get into that, but you, you kind of got to be out there for some of that stuff. So He's certainly but, out there. Yeah, yeah. 
I have a, you know, one of my, uh, I do a lot of writing and research and we have a, there's a Masonic temple down in Southeastern Oklahoma, sort of out in the hills that has fallen by the wayside. It was built in the late teens, early twenties. Like Broken Bow or something? No, or? it's in McAllister actually. Oh, it's in McAllister. Yeah. Okay. And it's called Mount Moriah. And, uh, it used to have an underground tunnel associated with it. And, uh, I have a, a blog that's Oklahoma Masonic history. And one of the big hits to my blog is secret Masonic tunnels, underground tunnels. <laughs> and they, yeah. they hit that page. Somebody's been watching so, too much national yeah. treasure. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the other one. Yeah. yeah national treasure. Yeah. So, well, so, I, so now we can put both of these things together then. We've got the, the secret arrival of artwork at the museum and then this <laughs> tunnel at the Mason exactly, Temple yes. down in McAllister. I'm kind of starting to see the connection here. There might be a whole new conspiracy theory about what's actually going on between T.S. and Ariel here. Maybe. I'm going to start a new blog about my conspiracy theories about you two. Yeah. <laughs> that might go over pretty well. <laughs> it would really get some traffic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'd, be, it'd be a blog just about the two. Yeah, that would be kind of kind of nice, wouldn't it? Have a blog dedicated just to the, the two of you. Am I? I, I don't know if Ariel would like that level of... Of uh, scrutiny. Of, of scrutiny. I well, I saw you. You make some interesting posts on Facebook sometimes that I don't always understand. Um, about uh, that's, be that's because they're secret Masonic codes. Is that what it is? They're, you know, they 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 only tell half the story. They allude to things. Yeah, Tracy's good. At you got to be vague. You got to be vague. looking. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, Paul. Yeah, you're right. There's, there's a, uh, there, there's a, a, I guess you could say a political side to Freemasonry. Not, not like you would think. Well, there's a political side to anything yeah, there's involving a human beings in an organization, yeah, so. and there's exactly. going to be. We have, we that, have a leadership and, and officers, and and there's a lot of uh, politicking. I guess you could say there's not supposed to be politicking, but um, you know, people when people are trying to uh, to lead an organization. Uh, personalities can butt heads that happens so i i learned that and you, with you, a pair you of experienced socks. a bit of that yeah, yeah. and, and Tracy has a, a very socks? large personality <laughs> yes so. yes he does so so uh in one of the organizations i belong to there is a prescribed uniform and that calls for black socks and uh, i don't and like, you probably don't own black socks I, at that time i did not and i don't particularly <laughs> like plain black socks and i wasn't wearing black socks on one day and that that didn't go over well and he was and wearing union jack socks. they were british socks they were beautiful socks ts has a very unique style yes about his dress and it's very awesome I appreciate that. <laughs> but there's, there, it sounds like, it sounds like it. in this instance, there might be some, yeah. Some underappreciation. Some more conservative will. types. <laughs> well, it was a, they didn't a, like yeah. the Union Jack they, they, socks. Didn't, they didn't care for the Union Jack socks. So. I told them they, that he got in trouble because they Oh, were she told me that morning. She says, you can't wear those. Those are un-American. So. <laughs> he Literally. So, he said, I'm in trouble over my socks. I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, well, I told you. Well, I, I warned you about those damn socks. <laughs> That's right. I told you not to So there we go. That's pretty much the whole story right there. There are people out there that have caused trouble because of a certain sock that a man wore. That's another, that's another good beginning. So I always story. make sure that when I go to a Masonic function to have on the <laughs> craziest <laughs> pair of socks that I own, or I don't wear socks well, at You know all. what? This meeting would be perfect for the sickle and hammer socks. I haven't taken the Nazi ones out of the bag yet. I'm waiting for you you got to keep it interesting. Those Third so, Reich socks are the, you know, they're the nicest. Oh <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> anyway, going off on a deep end. Uh, this is probably going to cause more trouble now but if anybody are, hears this. You also collect uh, military uniforms. That's correct, yes. Um, I always love seeing those pictures that you post because you find the other day you had found um, a, a uniform of somebody that I guess was the. The director of NASA? He wasn't or? the director, but he worked at NASA okay. in, in in some sort of capacity. So, uh, and I know you guys, you guys are employed by NASA right. so so part time. So. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, when I was reading that, I, I thought it was going to lead. It almost sounded like it was leading to this guy being employed at JPL, but it, it didn't. Uh, but but he did couldn't. work in rocketry. You're right, right. He, he worked in rocketry. Yes, yeah. um, but I guess though, really, JPL lost that sort of arm of NASA doing kind of the rocketry stuff eventually. Right. Yeah, um, they're they're more about robotic exploration now. Yeah, they're the unmanned, uh, unmanned exploration. Unmanned yeah, they don't really dapple in yeah, sending rockets out into space. That's I guess more in That's Elon's territory now. Yeah, that or <laughs> go out to Houston or um Cape Canaveral. Yeah. Um but anyway, so how what what led you to start collecting military uniforms. How did that become this? Because, I mean, it looks like you find some pretty impressive uh, uniforms. I, I believe I do. I don't know that Ariel believes I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it depends on how much they are. And the more just expensive, like, the more unimpressive. <laughs> it was on sale. <laughs> yeah, I, I came home one evening and I said, I have something to tell you. And she says, what is it? And I said, well, I've, I've bought another piece. After telling me he was done buying uniforms And, and she while. says, well, why did you do this? I said, well, this is a rare piece and they don't come up very often. And I had to act now. I just, I had, you know, we had to do this. This. So, I, but um, <laughs> I had to have them. If you call so, in the next twenty minutes, that's, yeah, there you go. Just like that. That's how they get you. Um, no, so uh, as a as a child, I was always interested in the military, and uh, I was involved in uh, Civil War reenacting uh, in my youth. Oh, wow. And um, then I studied uh, history at the University of Oklahoma with an emphasis in military history. And once I went to work and got a real job, I had always sort of collected military items, military, but nothing sort of. Uh, um, there was no. no one. There was there was no really rhyme or reason. It was or just a collection of objects. Yeah, it was like it was <laughs> an accumulation of objects. That's, that's exactly correct. So then I decided uh, in about 2010, I said I'm going to focus on something here that's uh, a bit unique, and I settled on uh, Army and Air Force general officers. Uh, so everyone's uh, one star and above. Uh, so very specific. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, since 2010, I have, there's over 30 different individuals represented in the collection. Oh, wow. So that's the largest collection of generals like that in the state of Oklahoma. Is this collection housed in your own home? Yes. Is yes, it, it is. Yes. <laughs> he so, has them on a rotating schedule. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I can display about 14 pieces at a time in my wow. study and we, and I, I move things in and out as, as uh, interesting, it, basically on a monthly basis. But do, do you help them at all with it? No, or just, that's, no, no. That's, in fact, when we moved from our apartment into our, home i was not allowed to touch them oh wow he ariel likes to touch everything. things ariel <laughs> likes to walk into museums and touch things and so that doesn't go over too so well. so touch things i really, touch really closely <laughs> and you, I the texture on this <laughs> yeah. You're like, you know in reality even even though it looks like my finger is touching it there's actually space between those and the 
Nobody, yeah. No, I've set off alarms at the history <laughs> oh, she center. Said, yeah, she set off lo- alarms at the Oklahoma History Center. I'm like, oh, my God, we've got to get out of here. What are you doing? Ariel so, did it again. <laughs> so even at home, you have to put up do not touch signs for her. For her, yeah, pretty no, much. No, I still touch <laughs> No, she, well, she used to like to go in there and rearrange things I when I was re- gone. Okay, he has these four, like, little metal, like, lead sol- soldiers that okay. I bought in Scotland. You know yeah. what I do? I turn them around so they're facing backwards. Oh, that's that's cool. all I do. And, cool. and I don't say anything. I do it when he's not around. And I just wait to see how long it takes. It's like a very Stephen King right. misery kind of thing. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you know, something happened because the figurine is like not facing the earth. Tracing's in a study, and you just hear. Ariel! <laughs> That's usually what happens. So. Who moved these? But it's been a lot of fun, you know, collecting because you know people. Some people collect art. I mean, we we collect Oklahoma artists as well. Yes. Um, and it's it's just a lot of fun having something particular like that that you can focus in on. Um, I enjoy doing the research on each piece. Um, a lot of times, you'll buy a uniform that will have a name in it, and uh, all the insignia has been removed. So then you're you're researching the guy, getting his his biographical sketch. Uh, finding photographs of them to to put the piece back together and everything. Fun. So yeah. one of my my one of my absolute favorite pieces in the collection I bought in Shakota, Oklahoma. Shakota on, on in Shakota, Oklahoma. Unless someone famous from Shakota. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to talk about Carrie right. Underwood. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was it was Black Friday. My, Ariel and my mother. It was, Black Friday. it was Black Friday. Ariel and my mother had gone shopping in Muskogee or Tulsa. Oh, because you're from Eufaula. I'm from Eufaula, yes, yeah. yeah. And I went up to I always to wondered shoot. who comes from Eufaula. I didn't know yeah. anybody came from Eufaula. Kind of, yeah, everybody yeah. goes there, but he nobody does. comes from there. <laughs> so so I, had, I had run up to Shakota because there was some antique stores there just to, to poke around. And I, I'm going through an antique store, and I come around the corner, the very last booth I walk into, and I see this, this tailcoat in the corner, a black tailcoat, and it's got stars on the sleeves. And I automatically, I immediately knew what it was. And uh, I look at the price tag on it, and it said, would make great costume, $35. (laughs) And then I checked the pocket to see if there was a name in it, and there was. And I I bought that piece that day, and... uh, I, I took it home, and within an hour, I had a photograph of the guy and his uh, his record and everything. That and, fast. and yeah, and uh, put that piece back together. His name's H.F. Gregory. He was the Army's first helicopter pilot. When he retired, well, you found the uniform oh, wow. for the first helicopter pilot. Yes, for the Army's first helicopter pilot. So in, a, in, a in, antique a, store in an antique Shakota. store in Shakota. So when <laughs> That's he re- crazy. when he retired from the Air Force, because the Army was part of the Air Force uh, right. as it first formed, but when he retired from the Air Force, he lived in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Tulsa Air and Space Museum actually has several pieces that okay. belong to him as well. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun finding you know pieces that are, are pretty historic in that regard. Yeah. So. Now, am I confused? Because I feel like I've seen this, but do you wear these uniforms? <laughs> Not these. No. He does dress similarly sometimes. Okay. Like there's sometimes he'll, he'll look like he's wearing a uniform that should also have a monocle. Yeah, so I've yeah. cultivated this really great uh, Nicholas II, George V look, and uh, I do have some reproduction uh, World War I British uniforms. Okay. And uh, I actually have a uniform on loan to the 45th Infantry Division Museum right now uh, for their World War One exhibition because they didn't have anything British in their collections and they wanted uh, they needed something British to to tell the story of World War One. So nice. makes Halloween gonna, a lot of fun. I was gonna say I know I've seen <laughs> pictures of you in uniforms, and what always struck me 
about them is I've never been able to describe this, but in those old photographs of people in military uniforms, they all have this weird look on their face. <laughs> it's a thousand yard stare. That, yeah. It's, it's like, and like you've managed to perfect that. So Ariel gives me a hard time about this because anytime we get a photo, we have a photograph taken, she's looking at the camera and I'm looking off to the side. <laughs> like, he's not paying attention. I'm like, like I'm not there. I'm like, you've got, I'm, and so we have a rule now. Look at that. If we take pictures together, he has to look at the camera. He doesn't have to if I'm not in the photo with <laughs> Because it looks really weird. <laughs> That's awesome. You're going to have to do that later when we do our photograph when we're done. There you go. Yeah, well, so yeah, we definitely got to make sure we take a picture with you guys. I mean, it's, it's really difficult. You're like taking a picture, like, okay, smile. And he's not even close to looking at the camera. <laughs> whenever, whenever you post those pictures of those uniforms, it always makes you think of... Um, one of the things like in our, in our pop culture, at least, at least for me anyway, in referencing World War II and World War One is Pink Floyd's The Wall. I don't know how familiar you are with that album or that Not, movie. No. Um, so basically the main character of that, his, his dad was killed and his dad was a gunner in World War One World War II. Or World War II. Um, so in that movie, there's, there's, you see lots of... Um, uh, you know, British military uniforms and basically World War Two and the after effects, you know, was what made this rock star's life. So I mean, whenever you post those, I always think to myself, well, what if you could actually find like Roger Waters' dad's uniform or something that, <laughs> that relates to that. I don't know why that always pops into my head. But that's, I'm sure he's tried to find it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's like gone on weird pilgrimages. Yeah, but he's, the, so that's what I'm saying. Like in, in the, that newest movie that Roger Waters yeah. did. Yeah, he goes on these on these pilgrimage and fight like goes to these, you know, famous World War Twos like in Italy. Well, and, and he doesn't go to like, World War his his grandfather was killed in like World War One his father where his World dad II. died. I think he he finds a site where his dad died. Anzio, yeah. the Anzio and Beach he gets, yeah, he gets up there and plays the plays the trumpet, I think, while he's out there. Um so but yeah he did I mean, he was obsessed with it. Just completely obsessed with it. So whenever I see that stuff it's just I kind of get the Pink Floyd, the wall. That sort of sounds like our vacations. We take, we take take history vacations. So some of those could be almost a little dark and depressing. We are. Let's see. Depends on how you look. Yeah. We, we, we took a hike out to see a location where one gentleman died in particular. So yeah, yeah, we've sort of done that. Yeah. Yes, we have. We go to a lot of cemeteries. Now that can be a little depressing. That's that's, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of. Battlefields. Right. Forts aren't so bad, though. I highly recommend those. <laughs> so, and Oklahoma has a lot of forts. Yes. So <laughs> like like forts are pretty forts. Nice. <laughs> I'm down with that. There was, a, there was a year that me and Aaron had lived in Maryland, and one weekend we decided that we were going to drive up to um, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, because it's not far from there. And just coincidentally, we had chosen the same weekend that they were doing um, like the Gettysburg Address Anniversary Parade, you know, where they have like battalions of Civil War reenactors and just thousands of people flying. Gettysburg is actually just it's a tiny it's a tiny little college town town, in southern Pennsylvania. And so we pulling in and see all this activity. We're like, well, we, we picked the right weekend. And all these people are just parking just off on the bar ditch on the side of the, you know, two lane highway. And there's all these civil war reenactors walking uh, by. We start, I've never seen so many people in military yeah, uniform. Almost everybody was in Historical some kind of civil military war uniform. And, uh, and as these guys are walking by, I was like, oh, we should ask one of these guys, you know, where the, where the battlefield is. <laughs> Walk up to him. It's like, Hey, can you show us where the, 
where the Gettysburg battlefield is, and he goes, "You're standing yeah, on it's it. All, it's, it's all around, around you. you. It's, it's all, all around, around you." you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's where we went. Then we actually went over to where they have all of the monuments, you know, in, the, yeah. in that huge field, and that was awe-inspiring to see how massive that whole entire battlefield was, and it's oh, just. Yeah. I think the scope of it sometimes just people don't understand it. Even in films, it's hard to, to grasp. Yeah, it is hard to grasp. Um, well, that's what it did for me. It was kind of a foreign perspective that I hadn't ever really had before. It's like, oh, yeah, this was literally being fought on somebody's, you know, 160 acre farm. Literally. I think, Literally. That's, I think that's the thing that a lot of Americans forget about because, you know, Europe has had a war within the last 70 years and even more so recently. And they know what it's like mm -hmm. to have fighting in their own backyard. And, you know, in, in the United States, we haven't fought a war in this country since, well, I would not necessarily the Civil War, but the Indian War still being waged up into the 1890s. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. uh, you know, Americans, they don't have that experience. And and even in Oklahoma, people don't realize that the Civil War was fought here yeah. and it completely destroyed the Indian Territory. I mean, there was nothing left here after the Civil War. So, uh, was it, there, there was that much fighting that happened? It was guerrilla warfare is what it was. Uh, so okay. homes and farms, everything was destroyed. A lot of the tribes, um, they took one side or the other. And so you had tribes fighting other tribes, th things you wouldn't necessarily imagine that, that that was happening. So, I mean, that's where you lost a lot because people were, I mean, it was the same like it was on the East Coast. You mm -hmm. had, you know, families were split up. It happened so just it even here put in the tribe same against tribe in Indian territory. Yeah. So yes. we like, what was it? Two weeks ago, we were just in Shakota yeah. for the, uh, Honey the, the uh, memorial ceremony for the battle of Honey Springs, battle of Honey Springs, which is the largest battle that was fought in the Indian territory. And it was the pivotal engagement. That was the turning point of the war for the Indian territory. Huh. Um, the, uh, the federal army defeated the Confederate forces and that marked the end of, of Confederate domination in the Indian territory. But, uh, there were Indians on both sides of the fighting that day because there was the first and second U.S. Indian Home Guard, and then uh, the the Creeks, the, the Creek Mounted Rifles, the Cherokee Mounted Rifles, and the Choctaw and Chickasaws were all there fighting that day. Wow. So, so that was a lot of fun to go and speak at because you know growing up in Eufaula and McIntosh County, uh, that's home. And uh, my two of my ancestors fought there at that battle, and one of them is is buried there next to the battlefield. Really? So it's a, uh, it was it was a lot of fun to to be there and be able to address the audience as as uh, as an ancestor, somebody who had been there on that day, you know, a little over 150 years ago. So that's awesome. So you guys have Native American ancestry in your yes. family, both bo both of you do. Ariel is a legitimate Cherokee. We legitimate. just had this conversation <laughs> at dinner about how you, if you run into a white person, they're going to claim they're Cherokee. And uh, but I've got the card. Ariel you have to, has the card carrying. Do you have it with you? Can we? I don't have it. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yes, I do. Do you really? So there really is a card. It really is a card. It has my photo. She has a photo ID. We both have photo IDs. I just got that. Like she's a Cherokee, and I'm a Muskogee Creek. So. Now, well, what do you I, call five white Okies in a room? One Native American? <laughs> what did you say? What do you call five white Okies in a room? No, one Native one American. American. That's good. I like that. There's some truth to that, unfortunately. <laughs> that, that is very true. Actually, it's, it's more for the five of us sitting here. <laughs> I have no idea if I have any Native American heritage. We've got a smidgen somewhere. Down the line. I've been wanting to do one of those DNA profiles, like 23. One of our cousins did, actually. How um, did it come back? Everyone's German. Okay. So, well, since she was well, one-seventh yes. Native American, which basically it would pretty much make me one-seventh, because her her dad and my dad yeah. are, are twins. 
Um, I think our, our dads have always told us we're an eighth. I don't, so I've never really known. One seventh is pretty close to one eighth. So yeah. I'd say that's. Well, and depending on how. Okay, so tribes. I'm also, I'm one eighth Comanche, but. That was one sixteenth Comanche. One sixteenth. My dad's yeah. one eighth. Wow. But he's not really one eighth Comanche. What happened was, so his last name's Conover. And so if you go back it's about. a good German name. You go back about four or five <laughs> generations and he has a German ancestor whose last name was Kovenhoven. And he, when he when he immigrated to the United States, they changed to Conover. He came to Oklahoma and was adopted by the tribe. And when he was adopted by the tribe, he was considered full-blooded Native American or full-blooded Comanche. Uh, and so then okay. they'd start to dilute it after that. And so technically he's not really one eighth. But so that's why that's a ancestry stuff is interesting because I'm like, well, he's not, yeah. it kind of depends on how you're so really I'm not as much as the tribe would say I am. But that's just because of the way it worked. Yep. So the, yeah, the premise when everyone signed the Dawes rolls to determine who was Native American was if you signed up on the Dawes rolls, you were full-blooded Native American. You might not actually have. You may been. not have actually been full-blooded Native Correct, American. Correct. Yeah. So what was interesting about the Dawes rolls was there was there was debate on whether or not families who were part Native American wanted to sign up for them because right. I guess there could be some negative consequences if you did. People Because we, we had a great grandfather who was offered the opportunity to sign up to put our family on the dollar. They saw us taking would, a handout. He refused. Yeah. yeah. So there was, we could have been on there. There was that. You also had to go back to the, like, the tribal offices. So people were having to drive across the state and people were being killed yes. for doing it. So people died. Really? Yes. So it was, it was, and then there was a stigma because if, if you looked like you were white, you passed, you weren't Indian. And so then there was also that stigma of signing them. Then it would be known that you were Native American. And so then you wouldn't be white. Uh, and so there's that too. Wow. So there was a lot of things going on around signing up. That So definitely a little bit of inherent racism almost. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's very true. Uh, well, that's kind of scary. <laughs> so all these people are like, well, I just can't figure it out. And the thing is, is if they can't find somebody that signed up, then you can't, you can't be figure it out. Right. right. And so, and then that, but that might be why they didn't. So you could very well have Native American ancestry, but you can't figure out or you can't identify with a specific tribe because of what happened. Which might be an okay thing because if you think about those circumstances that were right. going on, if, if they had signed it up, you actually may not exist. Exactly. Because <laughs> there's a chance that in signing up, there could your ancestors could have been killed. Right. Thanks for not signing the rules, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> was I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how violent Northern Pot County was back in those days, but I'm sure there was. It's pretty violence. violent there now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> Until I get there. So Trace and I are also members at the Historical Society. Um, the Oklahoma Historical the Society. Oklahoma yes. Historical Society. differentiate yes. that. Let me, let me be more specific. Um, and we are working on getting a young professionals group started on that. Excellent. It, awesome. In fact, in the very near future. So stay tuned for updates we got on that. Our good friend Rachel Mosman is one of the photo archivists I've worked there. with her awesome. in yeah. the photo archives. That was one of my projects this past year was establishing a, a photo archive of Masonic photographs. She's the, she's the person and to go to. I, I, I yeah. have delivered, I think, like 40 some odd photographs to her. So I'm, right I'm familiar she, with Rachel. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but she is now the asset manager Oh, what does that mean? Uh, they've formed a new department awesome. and are going to kind of expand their, their reach a little bit. That's so. awesome. Cool. That is awesome. But she's also in charge of PR apparently now. 
<laughs> well, I, I think she had been as she, if she needed more things to do. But well, I think she had been looking for a bit of a you know expanded yeah. role. Um, They're expanding so everyone's it. roles. Over well, that's there. true. They're yeah. losing some people because as uh, is everybody. As, as Dr. Blackburn had had penned in the oh, mistletoe leaves yeah. uh, this month, you know the historical society has faced a forty percent budget cut since like two thousand five oh, yeah. or two thousand and six. Yeah. It's so, just insane. And they've yeah. they've absorbed as as, many, as much of cuts as possible at the Oklahoma History Center that now they're having to to push some of the a lot of those cuts on to the 30 some odd sites they have across the state, which is mm. they're they're starting to rely more on their friends groups at different locations, but it's unfortunate that you know, uh, the Oklahoma Historical Society is a really important institution. It is. Um, you know, people People are champions of education, but our museums and our historical societies are just as much of a part of the the landscape of education institutions as our schools are. And I wish our legislature would would see that a little oh, more. I so. have learned more about Oklahoma history through photos I've shared with been shared to by Rachel than I ever learned in any class. I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that's just the stuff that trickles out through text message and other things. Like and this. and photographs are really where it's at. I have I've written two books. I brought copies oh, here oh, for you, you guys. Oh, you wrote those books? Yeah, yes. I, I brought copies here for you guys to take a look at. But yeah. what I always tell people, I said it's the Let's photographs that it's the photographs that make these books because you get a oh, real yeah. view into what was going on in that time period. So the the first one here is called Nights on the Prairie. A History of Templary in Oklahoma, which is just a history of uh, the Masonic Order of the Knights Templar here in Oklahoma. And the other one is as Masonic Generals of the Oklahoma National Guard from 1894 wow. to, is it 1965? Yes. But it's, it's the, I mean, you know, written histories are great, but histories can get dry. And it's it's yes. the photographs that, that make things well, worthwhile. Especially the photographs so. of the uniforms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was saying, a lot of these are people in uniforms. Yeah. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. surprise. Some, one of my friends jokes that a book about Freemasonry and the military, of course, Tracy wrote that. So. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of really great thousand yard stairs in here, too. Yes. <laughs> no wonder you're so good at it. The pictures awesome. tell just so much more than just maybe even what the individuals are in them. And, and the same with art i think that's why we both we like both of those topics so much yeah. is you can see so much of a story just in one image and what's yeah. going on and, and how things are perceived um so one of my favorite courses in college was 20th century american history through film oh and wow we watched Ooh. a film every week into a different awesome. decade of american history and it was it was great so i mean we watched uh, we watched like Little Big Man with, okay. with Dustin, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman. and yeah. uh, uh, Network. And, oh my God! Uh, I so <laughs> love that freaking movie. That, I've never seen that movie from way that. before its time. Yeah, way like that movie seems like it should have come out now, and it came out in what 1971. I think so. Yeah, yeah. And the first Brilliant movie, the first film we watched, of course, was a birth of the a birth of a nation. Birth of a nation so, was Charlie uh, Chaplin. Uh, no, uh, Birth of a Nation was, it's the most racist film ever produced. (laughs) First, Woodrow Wilson said it was like history writ with lightning, but it was really, it was a, it was a terrible representation of American history where the, the clan saves the day and what? Oh my God. Are you serious? Um, it's banned in a lot of places. Like you, you, you'll have a hard time trying to find a copy to watch. Birth of a Nation. Yeah. There was a, oh, I can't remember the name of the film. It came out, 
probably about 10 years ago now, maybe you remember it, Tracen, where they used clips of that into it. And it was talking about it basically if slavery had never ended um, and oh, what the nation uh, would look like today. Yeah, I can't think of the guy that does. You know That's a Spike Lee film, I think. Yes. Yeah. And they used, uh, they used uh, scenes from uh, Birth of a Nation in that. Um, it's it, it's written like a pseudo documentary, and now I can't think of the name of it. But it was really controversial when it was done. Um, the sad thing is, is watching it, you can see things that are still happening in today's society that um, that need to be fixed, if you will. Yeah. Okay. So this. Okay, that's why I was thinking, Charlie. This movie was 1915, right? Birth of a Nation. Yes. So, yeah. The so, Civil War movie. Um. So the American Civil War divides friends and destroys families, but that's nothing compared to the anarchy in the black world south after the war. Yes, yeah. All right, I need to go see that. Okay, so I guess we need to start working on wrapping it up here. We, <laughs> yeah. I think we could. We well, could if go somebody on. wants to buy one of these books, if somebody's interested in, they are available on Amazon. Yes, oh, okay. yes, nice. yes. Um. So thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Ariel. Yeah, it's been awesome having you guys here, and. Uh, our audience members check out Instagram. We'll put a picture of us up, and then that way you can spot Tracy and Ariel when they're out and about in town. You'll see them in various places. Maybe you'll R&J. catch them in uniform someday. <laughs> someday in uniform, <laughs> hanging out with us somewhere, eating at a food truck, at the pump, at the, at pump. the pump, yes, somewhere, somewhere. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been Thanks an absolute blast having, having, having you here. I think this may have been our most educational episode. I think so. <laughs> I think so. And we just hit. The highlights. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. This can get pretty in-depth. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys, go check out the History Center. Go check out the Art Museum. Go yeah. check out your city. All right. We'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to The Wafty Show with Stephen, Aaron, and John. As always, we need to thank Joshua Path for the use of our theme song, Cement Truck, off the album Between Heaven and Jonestown, recorded by the magnificent Kurt PR. Kurt's, Kurt's awesome. awesome. That is available on iTunes, CD Baby, and anywhere the internet can be found. Remember, as you go out to visit our local places and events, make sure you take care of those who take care of you. Tip your waiters, waitresses, bartenders, musicians, and artists. They're out there working hard for you. We come out with a new episode every Monday. You can find us on iTunes by searching We Apologize for the Inconvenience, where you can subscribe, rate, and comment. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wafty Show. Facebook.com slash Wafty Show. We'll see you next week. I'll be free. Get the wild